Welcome once again to Off the Edge Podcast. I'm Zach with my buddy Matt, and uh, we on Zoom here have um, members of a band called The Science Of. This is a project that we are super excited about. Um, they're about to release their debut album here coming up next month, I believe. And um, I'm afraid I don't know everybody's names. I, John Dillinger, I know you're the bass player. We're, we go back a ways. Yeah, I'll uh, just pass the mic down. And everyone can say hi and. All right. Yeah. Well, why don't whatever we, they want to say? Yeah. You, you've got <laughs> the mic. You've got the mic. Why don't you? Well, yeah. No, t- tell us your name and what you do in the band and kind of give us a rundown. Daddy and what does he do? Uh, yeah. My name is Lucas O'Doherty. I do the drums and production for the band. My name is Ashley Hennedy. I sing and I did <laughs> and I did uh, lyrics. I'm Robert Combs. I do guitar and tall guy stuff. Tall guy stuff, nice. <laughs> Always important to have a guy that does the tall guy stuff. Got to have somebody to reach stuff. Excellent. <laughs> and John, what do you do? Just sit there looking pretty. Yeah, uh, I guess I, you know, didn't mention that I play bass. Sweet. So how Sometimes long have the you... bass plays me? <laughs> In Russia, bass plays you. <laughs> um, so how long have you guys been together? I mean, this is probably the longest we've been this close together ever. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> now, this little pet project, I guess, probably started between you guys initially. And then I moved down to the southwest Missouri last year about this time. And and I said, hey, Rob, I'm moving down to this area. Like, you got, you know, any band? And he's like, actually. And so <laughs> it kind of started there. And then catastrophe happened of course covid but that's not the only one and i could let rob talk about what kind of delayed everything getting started you know there there's one huge benefit to being a bass player is that there's always a band needing one this is true well take it away rob give us the lowdown okay so me and lucas were talking about starting a band for quite a while and uh and then john messaged me right around the time we were getting serious about starting it. And then I damn near cut my thumb off and that set us back a few months. And then around the time that got better, COVID hit. And at some point I just decided, well, screw it. I'm getting a home studio set up and I'm just going to send some demos to these guys, see what happens. And they started sending tracks back and it just absolutely blew it out of the water. So kind of worked out yeah i'll add to that i slowed down the process too because around the time we were starting to track i went and broke my shoulder like an idiot so that slowed us down even more so i mean it's been a long year of doing this uh project so it's it's awesome to see it finally come to a like fruition please please both of you tell me that that you have a good story to go with these accidents Washing dishes. <laughs> oh. uh, I just tripped and fell off my porch. <laughs> okay. So, you know, those are real. That, that's what a battered uh, husband yeah, sounds those, like. Yeah, those are, those are like. Uh, that's a cry for help. Old man problems, I feel like. <laughs> I can relate. But yeah, after that, we uh, we had the demos done and we had a lot of the music done and we were looking for a vocalist and we we were just 
oh my gosh, who are we going to find? Who are we going to find? And one of the, my coworkers at the time at Ernie Williamson music was like, Hey dude, uh, my wife's looking for a band. She can sing. So we were like, all right, let's send her the stuff and see what she can do. And like immediately we were just like, that's it. That's the voice we need. That's what we're looking for. That's awesome. So, it's awesome when things come together like that. Yeah. Kismet. And, um, John, when he, uh, he actually reached out to me and, um, told me about your project and, uh, one, I like, I freaking, John, I, I've known you. For, we, we're not like people that keep in touch all the time. We're, we're not like super close, but I always feel like when we talk, when I, we do get together, it's like a long lost brother and we just um, pick up wherever we left off last time we talked and uh, it's just very natural and stuff. So it was kind of one of those situations and I was just like so excited, one, for John to, to be in a serious project moving forward because I know he's an awesome bass player and a hell of a guy. But then uh, he, uh, I was lucky enough that he sent me one of your tracks and i'm not sure if it's the final mixed version but it uh it's not it's not well it was of a quality that was high enough at least that i was blown away when i heard it and um uh definitely was vibing on it and i was struck immediately out of the gate just like you said you guys were when i heard the vocals um threw me for a loop in the greatest way so, um, and I, I, I so apologize. What, what's your name? Singer? Ashley. 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 I wanted to say that as I was like, oh, I think it's Ashley, but I'm going to mess oh, it up. It doesn't help. I said, call her Jennifer. <laughs> <laughs> well, Ashley, what could you tell us, uh, kind of, well, one, what, how did you get started singing? Um, if you've been in any projects in the past, let us know about that. And then what was your uh, feeling kind of getting involved with these guys? Yeah, so I've just kind of been singing my whole life. I think I started singing at like, I don't know, old people events when I was like three. <laughs> and then I got into voice lessons very briefly and decided that I despised it because they tried to make me sing like an opera singer and I wanted to sing like this. <laughs> so I just said, absolutely not. Um, I have never been in any projects. I've been wanting to be in projects, um, a lot. And I've been writing lyrics my whole life. I've been writing poetry my whole life. Um, so when my husband mentioned that Lucas was going to be reaching out to me, I was ecstatic because I finally had a musical outlet again, uh, since I wasn't doing music in college anymore. Um, yeah. So whenever I heard the, uh, the demos, I was like, I don't, I don't know if I can do this, but, but I did. And <laughs> here we are, <laughs> but it's been a lot of fun. I've, I've really enjoyed getting to work with these guys and they've pulled a lot out of me that I didn't know was in there. So I, I really appreciate them letting me into this. That's awesome. Yeah. I'd like to add to that a little bit. Um, I was, I'm still just absolutely blown away that she came into this project with songs already written, having never really been in a band or uh, that's to me, that sounds like an impossible task. And and the fact that the, the songs turned out the way they did when I listened to them, I'm just like, it seems like she's been doing this for 20 years and we're the rookies. So, I mean, she really knocked it out of the park with this. Yeah. I, I mean, just, just listening to the, to the one song asylum. Um, uh, I have to agree. I was just like, she's a pro right off the bat, you know, it, uh, the whole thing 
all all of the music the whole the whole shebang just is very polished and um one thing that uh just did, uh, it caught me off guard was how low you're singing in that song just right off the oh, bat yeah and yeah, i i think there i think there's a uh a hidden story here i i think we've uh misconstrued that demo or is is it actually her oh, oh it's her it's okay her. okay yeah uh yeah my jaw hit the ground when she laid down that track when she i think that was one of the first songs she tracked and when she came in and started singing uh, it was the second one it was the second one and we were like hey can we hear something we haven't heard because it's other songs a little bit more upbeat kind of a little more pop influenced and so we're like hey do you got something else and she's like well i've kind of got the song this this song and uh at the time it was actually called kirish all of our uh robinized naming conventions weren't clever but like any of our influences on songs we kind of named them that so this song was actually called kirish and it absolutely sounds nothing like the cure now but when we were first working on it it sounds a lot like the cure and we just launched uh, facebook recently and we put together like a teaser video that's on there um, it's like a computer screen and there's some binary code on the bottom. If you hear it in the background, there is like a bass and guitar kind of playing. That's Rob and I writing stuff. It's just like my phone. And that's like the original us kind of coming up with that. Hmm. So that's kind of where it started and that's kind of where it ended up. But anyways, Ashley just started singing that song and Lucas and I just were like, we just looked at each other like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Most of that is her first take. Wow. Oh, that's amazing. It was funny because I, so we did all of this over Dropbox because of COVID. So I was just sending them like crappy cell phone recordings of me singing over the demo tracks that they had already put together. So I had only sent them, I think like two. And the first day I came in, I was like terrified because I had never like recorded anything. And I was like, they're going to make fun of me because I'm going to be so bad at this. And that's when we did the first one i think it was part of me was the first one we did and then like john said they asked for something new and i was like okay i'm gonna i'm gonna start out pretty low on this one and i do not think they were expecting that at all <laughs> yeah it, it's uh it's surprising in, su in such a good way um, yeah uh sense of melody i mean it's just all of it uh this is like you said uh john that this was kind of a, a cure vibe to start out with and this song in particular um asylum i got a, a kind of a perfect circle vibe i'm not saying it sounds like a perfect circle but i'm just saying like whatever a perfect circle does for me in an emotional sense like that song kind of hit that freaking uh frequency in my soul or whatever <laughs> you want to say that um i i don't know uh it, it's very original i don't want to try to say that it sounds like another band it, it really doesn't but um for me it just it, it puts me in that kind of a mood i guess don't you love it when people uh describe yeah. your music right yeah it's like i actually like that. i prefer that to uh trying to describe it myself you know yeah it's it's hard to describe your own music i've always equated that as like you're trying to describe your scent to somebody, you know, you don't smell yourself. You don't know what you smell like really ever. <laughs> right. Other people do, but you know, it's so like when someone's like, what's your music like? It's like, ah, you know, I just kind of give it the alternative rock, indie rock tag, something generic, and then let them decide 
and yeah. fight over the sub tagging themselves because like the sub genres are just it seems like they're kind of endless these days so oh yeah, yeah they're horrible <laughs> <laughs> so lucas you got the mic um why don't you tell us kind of like your musical history where where like what are you bringing into this band where did you get started um uh, uh, john has told me that you do a lot of streaming also kind of yeah yeah so my uh i played guitar like my whole life probably since i was a little kid and then when I we when I moved down here, my wife and dad and I wanted to get into music, so I decided I was going to learn to drum because my dad played guitar, my wife wanted to play bass, and I didn't want to deal with a drum machine. So I just kind of we started kind of just writing these shitty punk songs, and it's evolved <laughs> into this kind of low tuned three piece, you know, wall of sounds style of band that we just we mostly just stream on Twitch. This is my studio here, um, just because with COVID and then streaming kind of took off a lot a lot more from there, but. Uh, when I started drumming, Rob caught one of our, actually, we, we did a show together when, in, in another band he was in and Lunar Tides over in, uh, in Pittsburgh, Kansas. And afterwards, John approached me. He's like, Hey dude, we're thinking of starting to do this other project. Would you like to be a part of it? And I was like over the moon because I hadn't had a ton of experience in bands either. And, uh, I like the technical side of it and whatnot. So I was like, yeah, I think I can bring a lot to the table. And that was a fun project for a couple of years. And then once it kind of went its separate ways, you know, me and that's when me and Rob were kind of like, Hey, I kind of want to, I kind of want to keep playing music with you, dude. You're fun to play with. And he was like, yeah, we should figure something out. And that's kind of this where it connects to that other story of uh, the last year, just basically putting this together and, and doing all that stuff. So, you know, I totally remember lunar tides and now I'm like making the connections like, man, these guys look familiar. And I was like, now, <laughs> right now on, I man. know. Sweet. And- uh, th- there's another uh, another um, kind of throwback to another band. I uh, get. Now I may be wrong. I know John. You played bass in a band fr- in Joplin, Missouri called The Lonely, right? And Rob, were you the guitar player in that band as well? Yeah, that would be the connection. I'll let Rob talk. He's he's, All right. he's antsy. <laughs> I was one of the guitar players. That was a, <laughs> a too many cooks in the kitchen type of band. Uh, oh, a revolving so. door. Yeah, I, I was comfortable in my role of, oh, this song's already done. Let me add this layer to it, you know. Oh, all right. So I remember back. That, that's, that's that's where we met. So. I was living in Pittsburgh at the time that, that The Lonely was active, and th- that band really stuck out to me as a, a unique sound, especially in the local scene with uh, it, the industrial elements to the music. And uh, I really enjoyed that band a lot honestly um when john said that you know that you guys were getting back together i was i was like oh oh this could be magical here <laughs> so um rob like uh, aside from that band yeah, like yeah, we sound nothing like that but uh, right no uh, yeah i want to make that clear if you're familiar <laughs> with the lonely this is this is not the same kind of vibe but um why don't you give us kind of a rundown of where your musical journey started and where where you've kind of come from Okay. Uh, well, I started playing guitar when I was like 11 and a half, 12, because I wanted to be the next John Bon Jovi. Mm. <laughs> That's Bon John Baloney. No, uh, <laughs> no, sincerely. Uh, no, I, I saw uh, one of his music videos and I was like, well, that looks like fun. If I have to pick a career, that, that guy looks like he's having fun. I'm going to do that. And uh, my first real band, I guess, would have been The Lonely. And, uh, when that kind of fell apart, 
I stayed with that same group of people for a couple of projects and uh, did a couple punk bands here and there, took a little bit of a hiatus. And then I think, yeah, I was in a punk band when me and Lucas played together. And I was like, you know, I've just been in a lot of projects where I was the back burner musician. And I feel like with this project, Lucas kind of encouraged me to step up to the plate and start writing songs, which I hadn't done in a very long time. So it's really nice to see these, I guess, B-side songs come to the light of day. And it's, and it's like, Oh, these sound like they were in my head and I didn't even remotely tell anybody what to do. So nice. I don't know. It's, it's been very organic and effortless and just everybody's been so great. It, there's been, no weird band drama and people acting like children like I've experienced <laughs> yet. Uh, yet. Uh, it's been really nice. I don't know. So sounds like a solid start. Yeah. It sounds like that's, uh, th- that's what you, what you always hope for. Um, yeah. it, it's signs that, that we expect great things from you because everything's, you know, firing on all cylinders, I guess way to put it. Very much so. I've had to refrain from bringing new ideas to the table until these ideas actually are out there. So, yeah, yeah. Matt, Matt has the problem with that. Too. Yeah, <laughs> I I also put a whole bunch of irons in the fire, so <laughs> I always have something pulling me one way or another. Right now, it's programming lights, so that that sucks. Yeah, but <laughs> worth it. But totally worth it. Totally yeah. worth it. So, um, so what, uh, how many songs do you guys actively have, have now that you're, you're planning on leaking out here and there? I think, wait, how many, how many, how many are on the album or how many are we leaking? Well, how many are going to be on the album? Uh, well, if you count the intro, I think it's eight. It's eight. If you don't count the intro, it's seven. But uh, I mean, like the way digital platforms work now, even if you want it to kind of tie in, uh, I like to break off the intro just so if someone wants to listen to that specific song. So it's technically part of the first track, but it's also its own thing. So I guess that we'll, we'll just go with seven to be safe. Yeah, yeah makes uh, sense. We we kind of tossed this idea back and forth on on one of a previous uh, podcasts of, you know, the, kind of the model right now is releasing a single at a time. And a lot of the new yeah, stuff. That. Yeah, a lot of the new stuff um, that we're writing, we're writing intros and outros, kind of with the idea of of an album, but also with the idea of a live show to keep things moving, you know, so you don't have dead air, um, you know, kind of treat it like TV or radio and and always have something on there. Um, but you know, then then you could do single versions where you where you cut that stuff off. You know, you have a definite start and definite end. And then, you know, you can put the album out in its entirety later on, but also thought to uh, hammer home the experience, you know, the one song flowing into the next song and stuff like that is also release the album as one track. Oh, so, yeah, yeah. That's, so if it's like 45 minutes, it's just one track, you know, it's still shorter than Dope Smoker by Sleep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
that's that's a long song but yeah that's that's an interesting concept uh and with i mean with digital platforms you can kind of do that you can release it all broken up you could probably put it as one all playthrough um i don't think we've really discussed that but uh i'm kind of leaving that some of that distribution stuff up to these guys since i did the backbone of the production it's kind of nice everyone's kind of taking the wheel so to speak on some of the stuff so I don't feel like I'm overloaded. I don't think Rob or John or Ashley feel like they're overloaded with anything. So it's it's been nice. The divide and conquer strategy is always a way to go, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, John, we got everyone else's backstory. Why don't you kind of give us yours, man? Okay. It was 1989. Actually, I don't know what year it was. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know if you guys remember this really bad Vietnam drama show on tv it might have been cbs could have been abc i don't remember no it was called tour of duty Hmm. but young me who was grow you know grew up in rural kansas country music was pretty much everything um the theme song for that tv show was painted black and young me however old i was eight or nine just blown away with that so i'm like all right i'm gonna learn this song and so i got this really crappy beat up garage sale guitar and i just like play tried to learn that until my fingers but of course i was unsuccessful and i'm i'm sure i had undiagnosed add so i gave up <laughs> but i always from that young age loved rock music and wanted to get into it and so kind of later on in my teen years i got hooked up with some guys in high school and i ended up meeting uh casey starrett nathan conley um, those guys and we started a band and we ended up opening for blood red moon at like some house party. And I don't even know if you remember that Zach or not, but we played like four songs. I do remember it that. Horrib- it was horrible. Uh, Jason Manderscheid was going to sing for us, but he literally never didn't sing. No offense to him. I mean, we're just young kids. We didn't know what we were doing, but oh, we, we were in the same boat, man. <laughs> we were, we were horrible, <laughs> but I mean, it was a good time. I had fun. Um, but yeah, and then met you in college and I made that connection like, oh, you're in Blood Ramoon. And then I ended up getting hooked up with guys in the ICC Blue Nut band, uh, Donnie Fuquay and Steve Graham. And we did that little quick one-off with, uh, the guy we met from Seattle. Um, what was it called? Pastor of Muppets. Yeah. 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 With Blood <laughs> Ramoon, you guys played with us at Neodache at the, uh, Armory, didn't you? Yes. 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 Uh, Pastor of Muppets. Yeah. Love it. But the guy from Seattle, Jeff Lorian, was in a band called Coffin Break, and they're kind of a mid-level band in the 90s in the, in the grunge scene. Um, I remember so him was, telling me that he opened for Pearl Jam at some point, which was Yeah, and he cool. totally did. Like, yeah. Um, actually, a little while back, I was at the Rock and Roll um, Hall of Fame Museum in Cleveland, and like there on the wall, like next to the Nirvana stuff, is like uh, coffin break stuff. I'm like, it just hits home, like that connection. Even in little like small town Kansas, like we have that connection to like bigger things, and it's just kind of exciting. Oh yeah, but and- be able to play Corns of Bellevue with uh, Donnie Fuquay, Steve Graham, and uh, uh, Mike. Uh, and then that was kind of just getting to the point where it wasn't, I don't know if it wasn't working anymore or I don't know, the lonely needed a bass player and I was super excited with what they were doing. And so I ended up joining with them and 
and I moved up to Lawrence and then I hooked up with this guy called, uh, his name's Jeff. And we did this band called Jeff, Jeff Air. And we, uh, <laughs> well, we heard, attic. we, uh, we heard uh, a few weeks ago that, uh, you had, you were in the, the Caddy Wampus band for about five minutes. Um, maybe before they were even <laughs> named that. Yeah. Uh, we were just kind of working on uh, covers and stuff, and but it was just it, you know driving from Lawrence down to Independence was just kind of a stretch for me to do, and but yeah, it worked that, out for them, and it worked out for me because I you know had some fun in Scrappy's Attic because I joined up with them for a while, and yeah, that's where I'm at, and these guys are laughing at me. I don't, yeah. <laughs> I'm laughing at her. Oh, you're laughing at her. <laughs> that was my quick abbreviated music background. <laughs> 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 Well, that's cool. And, you know, with all those different experiences, then you can come together and form Voltron in, in this project, yeah. <laughs> The Science Of. Um, so, uh, all right, the, the band is called The Science Of. And I think that, uh, John, we've talked on the phone and you t- told me that there's some, maybe in a loose way, there's kind of like a science-y theme kind of going on. Uh, what well, is that about? Where did the well, name come well, from? Well, Wait, wait a second. We need to address the elephant in the room. Oh, okay. You actually talked on the phone. Yes. Yeah, we yeah. didn't text. We talked. We're, talk, we we're talked old. On the phone. What so. is that like? The only reason Sometimes. I answered is because it was John. Yeah. Oh, thanks, man. <laughs> I have no idea actually how we came to the conclusion of the science of. We were going to be called the after party for a while, and then we found out there's way too many bands called that. Yeah, Lucas has the answer for the science of. So yeah, like you said, we we're going to call it the after party because we thought it'd be super cool, like to do this album cover, uh, you know, where there's just like people kind of passed out on an old Polaroid, and like you know, we just thought that was just kind of neat looking. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the band name doesn't reflect the song or lyrics at all because there's just such a organic process in how we've written it. But we started just throwing ideas around and like, I don't know, Rob suggested the science of, and I thought that was kind of clever because uh, you can drop an album title every time and it's, it almost plays off the word that whatever you decide to title the album. So the debut album, we had talked about titling it everything. And so the band name is the science of, and the album is everything. And we just thought it was kind of clever, but like lyrically and musically, it has nothing to do with science whatsoever. It all comes from Ashley's mind and her her inner darkness because some of the lyrics are <laughs> are pretty dark i i tell you what though taking that that album cover concept that you just talked about for the after party and putting the science of over the top of that still works yeah that's true <laughs> yeah <laughs> we're still trying to figure out artwork last minute so we're kind of under the gun i'm actually talking to an artist right now um just to feel them out if they're worth the money to see if they can do something a design that we've kind of talked about so uh, I haven't heard back yet, but we'll see. We'll see what we end up with. Right on. Well, um, Ashley, I would love to hear from you um, kind of uh, where, you, where your inspiration for the lyrics comes from. Lucas mentioned that they're pretty dark. Um, uh, are, Therapy. <laughs> are, do you just have a Vanta Black soul, or is this like <laughs> like a cathartic kind of thing, like, like taking – uh, like I really like aggressive music and dark music, um, and I feel like for me, it's like taking uh, things that are weighing me down and and negative in my life, and then like turning it, taking that energy and doing something positive with it. 
Um, Turning so, that frown upside down. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I want to get, where's your mentality with the lyrics? Um, where does that come from? What's your inspiration on that? Yeah. So pretty much just, just my screwed up mind. Um, <laughs> I, I, that the therapy joke was not necessarily a joke. I, uh, probably should be in it, but I'm not. So this is actually like a really therapeutic way to get a lot of that stuff out. And like growing up in the Bible belt, like there's some stuff you just can't talk about like out wordly you know so Mm -hmm. it's i don't know this was just a really nice way to get to get some of that stuff out that i am not able to talk about often um and then you put a pretty melody to it and it almost sounds normal (laughs) (laughs) that's a true story (laughs) but uh the our i think our first single uh, and the one that we're doing uh, a video to is, is called Monster. That one, um, so I live, my backyard is a cemetery. And I was laying in bed one night and I was like playing this track on loop, like trying to figure out what to write to it. And I just had this like scene in my head of like somebody's inner demons, like physically chasing them through a cemetery and that's how it was born. So nice. Yeah. yeah. I like that. That's very evocative. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm just like, now, now you got like pictures running through my head. I'm right, like, right. I'm sitting here just getting lost in the imagery that yeah. goes along with that. I'm like, wow. <laughs> that's good. That's good. Well, that's cool. I can't wait to hear that song. Well, uh, and now I want to see a video, like you're saying. So. Yeah, we're, uh, we're actually filming it Sunday. Nice. Uh, Y'all dressing Caldwell up as from, monsters? Uh, I don't know. Lennon Caldwell from Caldwell Media. He does a lot of view, uh, videos and stuff for local bands, and he's got some ideas in mind. Uh, there's a place off my property that's kind of got this dead, eerie tree, and we're going to do the performance shots out there. And then he's got something in mind for Ashley for up close with uh, some green screen, and I don't know what he uses, but everything that he does always turns out incredibly well so i'm glad that i made the connection with him and i've worked with him before and he's really efficient at what he does and it's nice to know someone like that that we can call him and be like hey we got this song and idea and he listened to them all and he suggested this song which we kind of all agreed with and uh i'm I'm excited i don't know what it's gonna you know what what he's got in mind but i know it's gonna turn out well and we should be if things go right that should be debuting around the time that the album comes out so cool Cool. Excellent. I love dead trees. Yeah, man. This one's this one's pretty pretty spooky looking. Yeah. Yeah. Takes me back to the, the scene in Poltergeist. <laughs> <laughs> I like the uh the 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 tree the tree of the dead in Sleepy Hollow. Hmm. All twisted and gnarled. But I literally I tag, like geotag, like GPS tag. Because the the job I do takes me all over Kansas. Um, I work on copiers, so I drive everywhere. And anytime I see a tree from from the highway that I like, I I tag it so I can go back, either take pictures or we can shoot video or whatever. I like dead trees. Yeah, that's awesome, man. (laughs) Well, um, when what's the date of the album release? Uh, right now we're shooting for May 11th and I think we're on schedule for it. I just started setting dates on stuff. Cause like 
I know that if you don't set dates on things, sometimes things often don't get done. Like the other EP I'm working on that was like sometime soon, <laughs> still nowhere near done. But uh, I just knew that if we didn't, it might draw it a little longer. So, oh, and yeah, we decided to release it on uh, Richard Feynman's birthday just to kind of play a little bit more into the mystery of, you know, the science of and who are these guys and what are they all about. So, excellent. You can't go wrong with uh, tying it into experimental physics. Right. I I love yeah, it. And Richard Feynman is a inspiration to me, just on a personal level. Um, that that's pretty awesome. I like that a lot. Well, you know, you you, you look for the the original dates, and uh, you know you you can't you can't make Pi Day, you can't make uh, May the Fourth. Um, so you know, you just find the, <laughs> find the next thing. You know, the ne- yeah, the next thing that hasn't been used already. You know? Right, right, yeah. <laughs> so um, seven, seven and a half songs uh did you decide on a title for it i think they said everything oh well, i, I know but it. It, that, that might be a john question i think it was his idea oh we've been dropping uh <clears throat> teaser videos and i just did a quote by uh so in the teaser video there's some binary code and the binary code giving up for anyone that actually wanted to look at it the binary code has our release date in it hmm. but so I just looked up like stuff on binary code and I saw the name of the guy and I cannot remember for the life of me, his name right now, but he's like the modern or attributed to modern binary code. Hmm. And uh, I found a quote of his that really fit with what we we're trying to do. And it starts off with the word everything. So the next teaser video that Lucas put out, um, who was it? That one by, um, Oh, uh, 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 Heinlein. Yeah, <laughs> uh, just just for future reference, you know, you do an acoustic EP, something like that. You need to do the science of Bob. The science of Bob. The science of Bob. Yeah. So the first quote was, "Everything is theoretically impossible until it is done." And then yeah. the second one was uh, by Robert Heinlein: "Everything is theoretically impossible until it is done." Oh no, sorry, that's what I just said. Okay, thanks. We can edit this for uh, content later, so I don't sound like an idiot. Nope, nope. Yep, you're going to yep. sound like an idiot. We don't cut anything. If we, if we sound this like idiots, what, you got to also. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, it's part of the people deal. that know me will be like, hey, that's classic Dillinger, so it's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so the original, okay, so our first teaser is uh, by uh, Gottfried Leibniz. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Everything that is possible demands to exist. I was like, that's cool, you know, because we're putting out something new and, you know, we're just wanting to see where the possibilities of everything will go. And then Lucas just randomly found this one that says everything is theoretically impossible until it's done by uh, Robert Heinlein. And so I'm like, Hey, we're doing everything. So that seems like it'd be a cool album name. And you know, the science of everything, it's a pretty bold statement for a freshman album. So yeah. That's, and they call we're like, yeah, that's pretty cool. I like it. So yeah. yay. <laughs> <laughs> Decided here, you hear it, you heard it here first. All right, all right. Well, that's cool. Um, that, that brings to mind, uh, uh, like I, I like to listen to podcasts with um, scientists and physicists and stuff, and 
there's a, a couple people working on like theories of everything. Um, uh, one of my favorite guys, Eric Weinstein's got a ma- mathematical explanation of the university thinks might be a theory of everything. There's a, uh, um, who is it? This got the, got the, uh, this, oh gosh, it's a simple automation slight, like basically simple building blocks can build in complexity to create everything. I don't know. I'm going off on a tangent, but that's just, that's the kind of uh, things <laughs> I, that I it makes me is cool, man. Yeah, I man. Used to listen. I worked at Wells Fargo up in Iowa before I moved down here. And I used to listen to a lot of podcasts like that too. Not only with some of the scientists and whatever, but like Lawrence Krauss and some of the, you know, uh, more, more intellectual thinkers, the more more combative people, but there was always a lot to take away from it. So I think that's really cool, man. I mean, I'm kind of into that same stuff. Awesome. Awesome. I've decided that 2021 is the year of Alex Jones. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my Uh, gosh. I I, I strongly disagree. I'm joking, but I'm joking. (laughs) Hey, a broken clock can be right twice a day. That's true. (laughs) Not if it's military time. Oh, hell yeah. Touche. <laughs> so, um, are you guys, uh, ha- have you been playing shows or, um, are you waiting to do that or, or like, what does that look like for you for the science of, uh, <laughs> when we decide that it's a feasible option, we definitely will. Uh, we just haven't reached that point yet. Uh, we're still, yeah, we're definitely going to do streaming for mm-hmm. sure. I think we're going to start with that and kind of take off from there. I, you know, we, we want to avoid the typical local band thing. You know, you start out, 10 of your friends show up, you play 10 more shows and it's the same 10 friends at that show, you know, yeah. want to get our name out there first a little bit and just put Build some hype, you know, put some feelers out there. Just see what happens. Cool. Cool. When you guys do stream, be sure to let us know and uh, we will, you know, kick out that signal, uh, trying to let all our followers know to check that out when, when that goes down. Um, uh, Just, just based on the, the little bit that I've heard of you guys, I think anyone that follows us, it'd be well worth (laughs) their time to check you out because uh, they're going to enjoy it. So I'm honest, going to be honest. I'm excited to hear us because we've only actually heard ourselves in the box. We have never actually sat together and played a song yet. Right. This is probably the longest we've been together other than maybe a couple of times when we call came in when she was doing some tracking. So I'm, uh, I'm excited to get to, I like Lucas and Ashley here. I, gonna be honest i hardly know so like i'm getting to learn more about them right now and it's pretty cool (laughs) yeah the first practice is gonna be fun just to hear everything you know in real time for the first time i'm sure i'll get the uh the tingles and the feelies yeah i've been playing the album playthrough and prepping for this music video like i go through it maybe once or twice a day and then i spend a little extra time on the song we're shooting the video for sunday because I've got to hit it note for note, you know, pretty much, especially if he wants to line up the video and us not look like we're really bad at what we do. So look, I think once we start playing, it'll be really easy. And in fact, I think in the next couple of weeks, we're going to start the initial rehearsals and stuff. And then once we get all that down, I imagine we'll start exploring songwriting as a group for the first time, which will be really exciting to see where, cause like, I don't know where it's going to go from here, how it's going to change or 
you know, the ebb and flow of a lot of minds working together versus guys like Rob over here writing the parts, sending them to John. And like when I tracked my drum parts, I, they sent me all these ideas. I had never, I didn't even listen to the songs until I pulled them up for my session. And most of my drum takes are just kind of off the cuff playing improving all the way through on on all the takes that are on the record so they oh, turned wow. out pretty good yeah nice um as a as a, as a person that shoots music videos i can't thank you enough for practicing <laughs> welcome, to the man. recorded track <laughs> yeah, um, it's rough. the best piece of advice i can give especially if you guys are tracking your own stuff is you know take your final version and just drop the click with it so, so, you know, any breaks, anything like that, you have your count-ins, all that stuff. Um, I've worked with several people uh, that play to a click, um, but the drummers like to go into the fills hot, and so they come out one click short. You know, I mean, yeah, they, they I don't just... Yeah, know what you're talking about, man. <laughs> and so, you know, I just got done chopping up a whole bunch of takes because I had to shift by, by one click, you know what I mean? Um, and yeah, it, for sure. it would have uh, made all the difference in the world to just have the recorded track with the click that they could follow. Um, because they later on, just the individual drum track, um, they got off, they had to play to the recorded track cause nobody else was playing. Um, so there were a couple of times where they, they got off, but because they had the recorded track in their ear, they got back on, mm-hmm. you know, right. inst- instead of losing that beat, they just picked it up and, and went on. So kudos. yeah, I've got this track loaded because it starts with the guitars. So, you know, for the precision of the guitar note and the attack and the transient to line up for Rob, he's going to have that eight count click and the click will be, I've already, I've already get, I've, I've thought ahead finally and I feel good about it because this, yes. uh, this song that we're tracking for, it also has a spot where all the instruments drop out two spots and she's singing and I'm doing like these drum fills and they, they have to be spot on or they're going to look real bad. So, right. Yeah. <laughs> well, look, we can, we can work a lot of magic, but the less we have to work, the happier we are. And I feel your pain like, uh, on, uh, practicing like the, the studio recorded version of the song, um, I tend to improvise fills when I play, um, and, and probably don't do everything exactly 100% the same, like any time I play a song. So yeah, yeah. Sp- spending that time to practice before shooting is definitely well worth it. Um, uh, says, I agree. He had to fix the gate. Oh, <laughs> he's um, doing sound man stuff over here. Sound guy stuff never stops. Nice. I understand. Um, how do you, John? You got the mic. How do you approach yeah. that stuff? Are are you um? Do you plan it all out, or do you do you kind of like let it rip and see what comes out? More improv improvisational kind of style. How did you how about- how did you approach uh, writing your parts for the for these songs? Oh. Um, gonna be honest. I watch a lot of, uh, Rick Beato, uh, what makes the song great. And when I was trying to like come up with parts, I'm like, if Rick Beato was reviewing our song, what would stand out here? And he would be like, let's check this part out. So that's, I kind of try to apply what a little bit of music theory I could remember from ICC and <laughs> try to do some, you know, 
not root note type things. Yeah, uh, you know, was coming up with parts. So I guess that would be kind of like my thoughts behind stuff. But sometimes you got to dig in and do the root notes, especially you know, give room and space for the vocals to do their thing, not crowd them out. Right. Yeah. Always being mindful of not overplaying, leaving space for the other players. That's super important in any group for every for every musician in the band at, at certain points, for sure. And it's um, these two. I was really impressed with how unknowingly they worked together. Lucas, without having like literally no vocals or thought two vocals were put into the these songs when we were writing. So <clears throat> like his drums playing and stuff where he's doing fills really opens it up for vocals to fit nicely and then ashley does a fantastic job of like her lyrics and her melody and stuff fitting it into like organically how it just to me it sounds like we all worked on these for the most part in a room and worked them out and it's just it's just crazy how it all like came together yeah it it sounds pretty amazing how seamless it's been for you guys i i just can't overstate how excited i am to hear fully hear the full finished product of it well and it's cool because i mean really you guys are kind of approaching this as as music is is being made today i mean you know somebody starts with an idea sends it to the next person and and you know kind of kind of riffs it back and forth instead of being you know four people in a room yeah, I'm pretty sure uh, Thrice's To Be Everywhere is To Be Nowhere was all written remotely and mixed after the fact because they all lived so far apart. So I knew if those guys could do something like that, like, and we, ne- I'd never really done anything like that. And I think it was an interesting, definitely an interesting creative process to, uh, to write that way and just you know, here's what one guy had and what's the domino effect. Like this other guy added this element, what can I bring to it and then do the so it was definitely fun i i would like to do it again in the future but i'm also looking forward to writing as a group just to see what comes out of us as a unit yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah the, there's there's something about being in a room with you know live amps that that you know, oh, yeah. you, you can't replace start vibing off each other and oh what do you just do there do that again you know or it's just it's definitely a different element for sure or or, or what'd you do there to never do that again yeah. <laughs> oh wow you thought shit <laughs> to elaborate on that part of the reason when we were forming this project that i picked the people i did is because vibes so well off each other like me and lucas would have ideas in our last band and everybody else in the room may not necessarily vibe off of what we were doing but we we would be like okay, we have to come back to that later and then it would just never happen gone mm. you know being in the lonely you know oh we've lost your audio oh oh you're back okay okay uh but you know we we had the same situation you know we'd we'd be jammed together have something great and then it would just get lost in time you know so when both of them approached me i was like well this is just perfect because i know right off the bat we work well together mm-hmm. that foundation so I'm very much is looking forward to uh collaborating more in a room in the future excellent <laughs> well and i think that'll i think that will bring new things that um you know you don't you don't find 
Uh, I mean, even with the, the, the stuff that you've created individually put together, um, I think when you get it in, into the room, you'll be like, Oh man, I wish I would have thought of that. You know? Yeah. Where, where I, it's absolutely. just something new happens, you know, we've definitely run into that. We've, we've laid down tracks and then, and then as we play them, this, the songs even evolve further. And now it's like we play some songs live in it. It's, it's pretty different. It's a pretty different experience from, from the recorded version. And that's, I actually think that's really cool when bands do that though. You get your album version and the album version's great. And then you get the live version of that band. And it's, you know, there's a couple bands that I like where they'll play a song completely different and that's totally okay. Cause a of all, I'm surprised to hear it, but it still does, you know, this different version still does the song justice. So I think that's cool when people do that. Well, yeah. you, you think of those bands out there that, that have played the same shit for 20 years. It's like, we got, let's rewrite this song. You know what I mean? <laughs> you got to keep it interesting to play and to, for you to get into it and everything. But then and, there's that fine line because you got those diehards out there. It's like, you sons of bitches, you didn't play that song. There was a hi-hat double tap right in there and it's gone what what are you doing uh asylum he does a a bell hit on the ride that both him and i were like oh that's awesome so you always have to do that that's one of those things like if you don't do that live that dude out in the audience is just going to be like where's my ride bell hit yeah (laughs) yeah there are definitely going to be signature things in the songs that stand out that's like i'm gonna have to do that every time yeah well, and it's usually those things that you're like, I'm going to have to do that every time. I don't, I, <laughs> I don't know. I always feel that way about something. I'm like, like that was, that was perfect. I don't need to change that. Like I made that, that part was perfect. And, uh, I'm going to cherish that for the rest of the time we play that song. Like <laughs> that's kind of the way I feel about those. Um, that's uh, I don't know. There, there's a lot to be said for the live experience being uh, a, a unique experience or being a, a, its own thing separate from the recorded versions. Right, right. You know, that's that's kind of the one of the, one of the things that uh, that we teeter back and forth on as we incorporate more and more tracks. We play more and more to the click. Um, you know, we we sync lights, different things like that. Um, doing that we kind of sacrifice some spontaneity um but the the argument against tracks being um like losing feel losing feel or or different things like that i think if you're passionate about what you're playing you're gonna get the feel regardless um and believe and, me, as a drummer, I'm not a human metronome. Like we're gonna wiggle on that click a little bit here and there. It's gonna speed up and slow down a little bit. As long as you don't do it on the video, damn it. Yeah, right. <laughs> and so, I, I might speak to that. And this was an intentional thing on me. Um, Asylum. If you hear the bass, it's just a smidge behind the click, and I did that on purpose, just to give it the a that human element and to make it a slightly uncomfortable because the song is uncomfortable. Yeah, man, that's uh, like I'm not a huge country music fan or anything, but but um, I do love me some Willie Nelson. And you always hear people say that about the way he sings as he's like waits to the last possible moment to fit in his his lyrics to fit fit that in without it being just grotesquely off. Um, But it gives it that real human 
quality, I guess. And it, it's uh, kind of a signature thing. Well, and you know, an, an exaggerated version of that is the band Cake. Yeah. The way he yeah. sings. It's like he's always half a beat off on everything he sings. <laughs> but he, it's it's entirely intentional, and I love that band. I do, too. <laughs> like totally, totally not like aggressive or, or no. metal-ish or no. anything. But, but I love that band. Yeah. yeah. I think it's cool to hear more of the human element, especially like, and don't get me wrong, I love modern metal, and I love just how tight and articulate it is. And there's a lot of bands out there doing some really cool stuff, and I'm, I'm sure they're quantized to the grid. But, you know, every once in a while, you know, it's nice to see someone kind of put something out that is new, that isn't, you know, Beat Detective and Pro Tools or, or whatever people use. Yes. And they just, you know, hit everything, you know, especially there is like uh, when we were doing the, when I was doing the drum tracking for this, I made a few corrections for stuff that since it was kind of off the cuff, but like you can tell when the click is there that like, like you said, a little bit behind, a little bit before, because I'm a human being. I kind of wanted people to feel that. So yeah. some guys, some producers will argue, you know, oh, you can't do that these days, you know, but it's, I think it's fine. As long as, as long as the song's good, I don't think people are going to get hung up on how correct the timing is. So, Well, and it's funny too, because going back to the, the video thing, um, this group is, is so tight that you know the the drummer goes into those fills and and loses one click each time but the band is just just on it i mean they never lose sync it's not like they part of it is they they don't have a click in their ears um you know right. it's solely on the drummer but they have played together so long that they just they just ride into it so it sucks for me but they sound great. It's not. It's not their job to make you happy. <laughs> Suck it up. Nah. So you guys want to hear something you haven't heard yet? Sorry, what was that? Do we want to? You hear guys want to hear something you haven't heard yet? Yeah, absolutely, we do. Yeah, we think we can uh, pipe it in, and hopefully, it, we'll do a test. Yeah. We shall see. This is experimental zone. Okay. Well, I tell you what. Um, one, I really appreciate you guys uh, sharing something new, um, debuting it on Off the Edge podcast. And two, if it doesn't work, then we'll uh, we'll just um, plug it in after the fact so that everyone can enjoy it. I'm just gonna help Lucas make sure we get it going right. Right on. What uh, what is this song called? Uh, this will be the one we're doing the video for. Uh, this is called Monster. Monster. So as you listen to this, everybody, I want you to envision your inner demons chasing you through, through a graveyard. A graveyard. Yeah. Is it a graveyard yes. or a cemetery? I, okay, someone told ready. me the other day, what's like, the, what's the difference? Uh, there's a there's a church. Um, on the grounds of a cemetery. I think that's the difference. Makes sense.
monster. That was freaking incredible, guys. Yeah, I really like that. I'm definitely, definitely um, get uh, with Zach on getting kind of a a perfect circle tool. Pusifier, you know, kind I, of the kind of the Maynard Trinity vibe, but, but you know, and I think the only reason I'm kind of coming to, coming to that is because it's like, um, on the on the heaviness meter, if you if you can think like you know like Lamb of God or something is like at the top of the heaviness meter, and like I don't know, like uh, it, it's like it, it meets that same level of heaviness, and I, I don't know, um. It's like emotionally heavy, um, I, right? I feel yeah, there's like different types of heavy. There's definitely yeah, different yeah. types of heavy. I feel like it's intelligent. That's 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 what separates, you know, Lamb of God from. Yeah, we'll, we'll all take that one. Yeah, Thank you. I mean, that, <laughs> it feels intelligent. You know, it, intelligent and uh, but still emotional. Emotional, yeah. Like it, I connect with that on an emotional level. Um, and now yeah. I really want to see a video. Yeah, like like I'm not I'm not. Please don't take this like I'm trying to uh, ingratiate myself with you guys, or or that I'm just trying to be nice because you're on the podcast. Like he totally is. No, no. Well, no. You you guys are super cool, and I want you. I want you to like me. But no, I'm. I mean, dude, you're like one of the nicest guys. So, dude, I I mean, (laughs) I know that you're like this. So, I, I want you to take this like that. I'm being very sincere. Like, um. I'm going to listen to your album just just because it's the thing that I want to listen to. Yeah. Just like I I'm going to listen I can already tell it's like going to be um a mainstay like when I'm in the car and I want to listen to music I'm going to be like uh, dude I want to listen to the science of because these guys rock <laughs> like this is what I want to listen to. Um, Us too. Like I think all of it. We're all the biggest fans of our music right now. Like we listen to it. We listen to it all the time. Because we're just like, dude, who is this band? This isn't us. <laughs> I like am so self-critical of like stuff that I've done in the past that I'm just like, ah, you know, it's okay. I never really go back and listen to it, but I can put this on in the car. I've, you know, having done the production behind it, I get to hear it all the time. And I'm just like, I just never get tired of it. And there are little elements that I had Ashley do with some of her backing tracks that like I hear again for the first time. And I'm like, oh, that was clever. Like, I hope people pick up on that stuff. So, Oh, just listening to that the first time. uh Besides just the the overwhelming feel of it, um, just from a like a musician uh, critique standpoint or whatever, the background vocals are amazing. They're really really good. Is that all Ashley, or is that are you guys shipping in on that? Yeah, that's that's all Ashley. I just I kind of helped her with some of the arrangements, and John came up with some ideas. But yeah, that's all her voice. <laughs> I definitely would disagree with that. I think a lot of it was like a lot of collaboration with the backing vocals. In fact, a lot of the songs I wrote, like the main melody, and then I intentionally did not come up with a lot of ideas for backing vocals. And then like just the little things to put in the pockets, because I knew that John specifically is kick ass at coming up with ideas for that kind of stuff and it was so much fun getting to hear their ideas of what would sound cool behind everything so. yeah it really really works well like it stands out uh, i'm a sucker like like for um harmonies and and stuff um and i'm saying this as someone that studied theory that uh 
that has studied um, vocal technique and and all this all these things. But um, I love rock bands like um, one of my favorites back in the day was Alice in Chains because they always had vocal harmonies. Um, and I'm a sucker for that, and you guys, uh, I, I love you for that. <laughs> like that that scratches the itch that I need and like what I'm listening to. So th- that begs the question: Who's doing the harmonies when you go live? That we were literally just saying that we don't know. <laughs> we don't know how we're going to do that live, but. I'm really excited for you to hear the song She, which is the first song after the intro, because I think the harmonies on that are probably my favorite, just the way that they're like interwoven within the melody. And then it kind of meshes with the melody and then breaks out again. Mm -hmm. So I think you'll enjoy those. Well, look, we're not stopping you. (laughs) (laughs) I I honestly think live, we probably aren't going to need some of the backing harmonies because I feel like we'll have that edge enough with the energy and the music. And I just feel like Ashley's voice on its own carries quite a bit and there's a lot of power there. Sure. Um, sure. Guys, once they get more comfortable with the music, might try it. I do backing harmonies for my other band as a drummer, which I don't like to do, but it's possible. So we'll just kind of see. But, you know, that kind of harkens back to the there's there's the science of album version and then there's the science of live version and it's okay to have those two different versions of sure. yourself you know absolutely absolutely that's awesome well uh, i just want to thank you very much for for sharing that with us um yeah I, I don't think you've shared that anywhere else before now have you no well man no, we we feel we feel very privileged so Hell thank yeah. you that's Hell amazing yeah. so what are we drinking john no problem It's what Rob, what yeah, what Rob brought us. Uh, little helper, Mother's Brewing Company, Springfield, Missouri. Oh, mm. all right. We'll have to add it to our list. That's pretty good. Midwest little helper, Coast India Pale Ale. India, you know, I, IPA. All right. I, I've I've come to find that I actually like IPAs, so I'll definitely have to. Yeah, try I it. can't get him on board with stouts or ambers, but he'll he'll get down with some IPAs. So I'm. You know what? I'll drink it. Like if you put it in front of me, I'll drink it. I just might complain about it. As a craft beer connoisseur, I uh, give this a thumbs up. Right on. We'll check it out then. That's good. Um, at the risk of kind of getting into the weeds here a little bit, um, I'm real. I'm all the two songs now that I've heard from you guys. I'm super impressed by pr- the production on it. With with uh, John, your bass tone is outstanding. The guitar tones are outstanding. The drums sound amazing. Um, I, I'm really curious, like, what kind of gear you guys are using. Um, I, I know that this probably won't be interesting for everybody, but, man, <laughs> I got to think there's some gearheads out there like me. Like, I love this stuff, so. Off the sure. Edge Podcast. I, I see, presents I, a rig rundown. I see an Ampeg <laughs> cab back there. Hey, we will nerd out about this stuff all day. Oh, all right. yeah. <laughs> um, since I'll start to have the mic. Um, so... Uh, with Scrappy's Attic, I was doing a lot of. We we actually never release stuff, and I think you, I think any musician can, when you're doing your own stuff. And I'm going to attribute this to Lucas, his steadfastness, and just getting stuff done. Um, anyone that's ever tried to mix their own stuff can easily fall into the rabbit hole of never being happy with it and keep chasing. Yeah. Keep chasing, keep chasing, and you can't find the sound. And so I had some gear with Scrappy's Attic, and I tried. We recorded some stuff. And there's a few things that I think I'm somewhat proud of, but it just never got to where we wanted to release it. So I ended up selling all that stuff when I moved down to Springfield. And I'm like, well, 
I want to still want to have something so I can record my own ideas. So I got a, it's an audience um, IP14 or ID14 interface. Um, it's a smaller little guy, um, but it's got really good preamps in it. And the uh, line in on it is supposed to be amazing. So I got that guy and I was like, wow, this thing is just awesome. So it's pretty much just me and my P bass that I, uh, for, I think I use most of these tracks. I used a P bass that I built. It's got geezer Butler signature pickups in it. Sweet. And then, and then, uh, most people don't have luck with them, but they just sound really good. Those pickups, um, Ernie ball, cobalt strings, Mm -hmm. um, just running right into that. Um, there's a few like, things here and there plug-in wise for the i sent to lucas but most part it's just raw bass okay so you just di'd it yeah cool and cool. it's just that bass just growls and i love it nice it sounds freaking great man yeah, yeah i just ran a couple instances of uh there's a combination of some of the sim plugins that you were using you were emulating he was emulating some orange and ampeg stuff mm-hmm. but then uh I'm a big fan of the neural DSP stuff. If you like, can't, you know, have a real rig, like everything on that website is gold. And, uh, I just ran a couple instances of parallax for the, the dirtier stuff. And it's just kind of one of those things that it does all the heavy lifting for you. But, um, <laughs> I've, I've done a little bit of audio production in the past. And like, every time I do a project, I learn a little bit more, but I've literally spent probably a hundred thousand hours of my life in the last six years, like watching URM Academy, and some other YouTubers, the Recording Revolution, uh, Jordan Valeria from Hardcore Mix Studio, because my my niche of mixing is actually heavier metal stuff. So I really had to unlearn a lot of things that work for that genre to make it work for a kind of a more indie rock thing. So that was that was a lot of fun. But as I, far as my drums go, you can see them here. They're behind me. It's a Zeppelin Bonham Vistalite acrylic kit, and I use mostly minor stuff. I've got a Brilliant K and then some darker stuff on the side and that superphonic snare is the most mic'd up snare in the world for the reason and i got some pretty good sounds out of it so yeah absolutely man uh my setup is probably too simple uh uh it's a a uh, american professional series jazz master uh so p90s running into a uh, vox ac30 uh, just a tube screamer on the lowest setting. I think my secret weapon is probably my RC boost. I have it on all the time, just on the first channel, and then occasionally the second channel if we do a solo. I think I've got maybe two on the whole album because I'm just not cocky like that. Uh, <laughs> but, but that's a, that's a classic classic sound, and but uh, it, it sounds it sounds modern and fresh in the mix, man. Yeah, uh, I mean, we ended up retracking here at Lucas's studio because he's got a lot more to work with than I do, and uh, he's just a lot more knowledgeable with plugins and uh, post mixing. I'm just, you know, the stuff I sent. Oh, I did use a Telecaster on one song on Asylum actually, because uh, we needed just a little bit more twangy tone. Yeah, I, I picked up on that. I was wondering if there was this, uh, if there was a Tele in there actually. Yeah. Yeah, I wanted to be stubborn and use the telly more, but the Jazz Master just sounds so good. Uh, I, I, I dig a Jazz Master. So. Yeah. <laughs> I I'm all about consistency and uh, being a giant. It's just the most comfortable guitar for me because <laughs> uh, they are a larger scale. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, that's that's the basis of 
my sound. You know, I've got some delays and reverbs, but you don't want to hear about that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do want to hear about that, but, right. but we'll let you go. <laughs> as, as far as Ashley's vocals, we just used a thriller mic. You know, I figured if it was good enough for Michael Jackson's thriller for his vocals, popped on the SM7B, just took the filter off. Had her stand basically right where I'm sitting, and she just sang all the lines right here. So, all right, well, yeah, you took the pop filter off, and yeah, yeah, just, I mean, there's a pop filter on it, but I took the filter off the actual SM7. You know, it's got the foam covering. Yes, right. that, yeah, that's what yeah, I'm saying. So I took that okay. off, but then I put a pop filter in front of it. And yeah, she she basically, uh, I'm pretty sure all the lyrics on there uh, were almost all one take as well, too. So, wow, wow, um, the vocals in the mix um, really really stand out front um and that's it, good to hear no they, <laughs> it's they, nice when people are talking nice about a mix you've done because no it's like, uh, dude nerve-wracking you know when you release it to the world but what i had her do actually i had her dry run sing it two or three times because she's got a deceivingly powerful voice and i don't have like an out analog compressor or anything i do everything in the box mm-hmm. you know just through my interface which is a first gen 18 i20 and that's what everything went through and so then I'd get a, an idea of what her waveform looks like. And I'd ride the preamp when she get to the heavy spots. Oh. So I was, you know, it's almost like manually compressing it myself and this way. And with the extra takes too, if there was something that got past me, I could just kind of comp it down and, you know, kind of, kind of the, the basic thing everyone does with vocals, I think now these days. So. Yeah. Well, it, it really, um, uh, feels like she, like she's right there in the room with you <laughs> like when you listen to it you know like we're we're listening to it with headphones it feels like she's whispering in my ear you know what i mean um it, it's really well done like i like it it's gonna be a hit with the asmr crowd you know yes right? yeah i know right <laughs> um like what it, this is a totally different genre than what you guys are doing but one of my favorite bands and they, people that listen to this podcast are sick of me talking about it i'm sure and quentin too because we're both freaks for typo negative and that's it's like you can hear when he takes breaths and like you know all that stuff it's it's that similar it's, kind of mix uh, aesthetic it, i guess it's funny you say that about the breaths i remember when we did some of the vocals ashley was like i don't really like the breath sound and, and whatever so i took it out initially and i found myself kind of missing that you almost notice it like when someone's not taking a breath so i actually kind of backed up where I cut it off and kind of put some of the breasts back in all of the songs just so it felt a little more because you know that's that kind of falls under how modern music is just getting so sanitized I wanted some more of that organicness and that feeling back in the song yeah it it works it really really does I'm very impressed with uh um well one just just the technical ability to to mix it down that way uh your competence in that regard but just uh your sensibility all, all across the board all of you um, uh, of leaving those little little things in those little humanizing characteristics of the music, uh, it, it really, um, you know, um, most people aren't going to give you credit to realize that, that those were conscious conscious decisions, but it really does add a lot to the feel of the music. Thank you, man. That's that's a that's some pretty cool words. Uh, well, it, it seems like it's the science of you know. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just here for the puns. <laughs> Don't want none. <laughs> Actually mentioned earlier uh, a song called "She." 
I might yeah. talk about that because it turned out really awesome too. Yeah. Um, when we were writing it, so initially when Rob got better where he could like play again, uh, I drove, because I live in Springfield, and so I drive over to his house um, and over here in Joplin. And so we had some ideas. We were shooting back and forth to each other. And there's this one song that he sent me. And he's just like, I don't know that it's really anything, but here, here it is. And so I'm like, that's the one I latched onto. Like, like, dude, this song's awesome and it's going to be cool. So I'm like, Hey, let's work on this. And so it got the title of first song. And <laughs> so that's what it's working title was, was first song. Um, so we worked on it back and forth and it's probably, I think of all of them, it's, it probably is probably the closest to your original idea. Um, but I don't know. It's it's a really cool song. I could see it being a title track, like for some awesome superhero or uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer esque type TV show. Like it's that kind of cool song. But we kind of got it done. This is again prior to Ashley coming in, so we kind of got it structured and done and finished up. And I'm like, that song needs an intro, like because it starts right off. And I'm like, that song needs an intro. So Rob wrote this intro that was really kick-ass and awesome. And I'm like, okay, during COVID, I got a mandolin and I kind of thumb, you know, like messed around with the mandolin before in my past. Mm-hmm. And um, during the pandemic, I ended up ordering a, I got a pretty nice, uh, the lore uh, mandolin. And so I kind of taught myself how to play it better. And I'm like, dude, I'm gonna play mandolin on this too. So this intro song is just him on acoustic and me uh, playing the mandolin. Got with, John Paul know, Jones over here and yeah, right? <laughs> shit ton of reverb. And <laughs> and so then that song jumps right into she or like the intro part. It's it's cool as hell. I love it. That's love awesome. how it sounds. Is, is there any more um like kind of uh unconventional to rock music instrumentation going on on the album? Or it's just the mandolin on the intro of that song? I think it's just the mandolin on the intro. I don't think we really did anything super crazy. Uh, we did, yeah, yeah. So there, there is a there, there, there is an 80s song that its working title was 80s AF. And uh, <laughs> when, when I was doing the production on that, I was actually having a lot of trouble keeping the, the low end under control because it, like, it's actually kind of a hard song to play. It's the hardest for me to play on the record just because it's straight tom you know like this low rumbling tom and then i'm doing these quick snare fills and so i actually kind of like took all the bottom end out of the tom and then john sent me this bass or the synth track it was like a midi synth and yeah he did chorus first and then we did a synth and i i was like i've never mixed a synth so i kind of got it seated where i thought it was gonna uh where it was gonna be and i think it turned out really good just hit remind me later on Sorry, my, my computer's trying to do a Windows update. I'm told it to go. <laughs> We're busy. <laughs> Always at the most convenient times. But yeah, so so mandolin and synth, and then that song just has an 80s kind of Joy Division cure vibe. I don't know. it. Nice. A little, maybe a little Bon Jovi vocal influence, you know? Nice. All right. Self-destructs. It's called self-destruct now, but we our working titles are we're, we're definitely different. I think the working titles are more fun. They can't. Yeah, be. The, yeah. There's a there's a melody line she sings that kind of reminds us of "Runaway" by uh, John 
Bon Jovi. Bon John Bologna, whatever. <laughs> if I ever meet him, I'm calling him that to his face. And I'm going to tell him he's my favorite country artist. I love it. <laughs> Be like, Richie Sambora sings better than you. <laughs> <laughs> kind of does. He really does. <laughs> That band should be called Sambora, damn it. No. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, um all right, so uh we got we got John Bon Jovi from Rob. Um what what are kind of like some influences for the for the rest of you? Um maybe not particularly for this album, but just in just, general. Like what kind uh, of I can start about? there. <laughs> All right. So, so I've got three bands that I listen to pretty frequently right now. One is my favorite band of all time, and they're called He Is Legend. And then I listen to another band that's like a three-piece, heavier-tuned, uh, I don't know, ambient rock called Spotlights, which are really good. They're based out of New York. And then I recently discovered a band that I'm going to put on to you guys to check out called Brutus, and they've got a female-led drummer that's also singing they have a song called War and a song called Sugar Dragon that are just absolutely phenomenal. Like, I think they're going to be opening for the Foo Fighters, so it's nice to see that they're getting some recognition. Yeah, definitely some perfect circle vibes on those guys, too. But those are my top three bands that I've been listening to probably this last few months, you know, except with the exception of Brutus, which I just found a few weeks ago. But I've been playing them nonstop. And right I've drawn on. a lot of inspiration for it. That's cool. I've heard spotlights a little bit, but the other two I, I have not. So um, I'll check those out. Cool. How about yeah. you, Ashley? So I I just kind of grew up listening to um, a lot of 70s and 80s music and um, didn't really know that anything else existed. Uh, <laughs> so I, I a lot of that, a lot of Fleetwood Mac, not to be trendy, but I actually do like them. Um, <laughs> and Bonnie Raitt, and then once I got older, um, I, I really just like to listen to and try and mimic like powerful people because it, I feel like it expands my range. So um, I sing along a lot with like Demi Lovato. I think she is super, I mean, I know she's incredibly famous, but I think vocally she's very underrated. People don't really appreciate what she does enough. Mm -hmm. um and then obviously like Haley williams i feel like that's pretty basic but oh she's no in I, literally I, insane and i <laughs> wish i could do that <laughs> no that's awesome but keep doing you because that's awesome <laughs> no need to emulate uh, other people i i guess you too, you too. Uh, i listen to a lot of everything uh but uh Love U2, actually, specifically 80s U2. Uh, yeah, I like that shit a lot, too, for sure. I, I feel like, you know, I want to be cool and list a bunch of post-hardcore bands, but honestly, you know, I have a, a lot of, like, pop-punk upbringing. Uh, you know, I, I don't want to sound too hipster. In the 90s, I was into the new metal thing, you know, uh, anything alt-rock. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, I feel like a lot of that stuff I kind of came back to because, you know, I wanted to be hard at the time. And and uh, now I go back and I listed like Jim Blossoms and think, man, those guys were so, so underrated. 
and how did I not appreciate that sooner? Uh, just songwriting in general. Like I, I could listen, you know, I'm just as inspired by like Tegan and Sarah as I am by a band like spotlights. You know, it, it all just hits me in a different way. As long as it latches onto me emotionally in some way, I probably take something from it. Sure. Yeah. 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 And I'll speak to Rob too here on like all of our songs. They have a, a very similar feel. Um, but there is definitely, you can hear his influences. And we even have one song that's, it's pretty much a punk song. I'm going to be honest. Um, it's pretty much a punk song. Um, to me, it sounds like a sped up Jimmy world. Hmm. And with a little bit of, there's some smashing pumpkins, like bends and stuff that he does in that song that I, I get that from it. I mean, it totally doesn't sound like smashing pumpkins, but I can hear that influence in it. Yeah. Um, but as for me, Siamese like, Dreams one of my favorite oh, albums. Yeah. Still, I mean, the Pumpkins are one of my favorite all-time bands. So, I, uh, I mean, all right. A quick note. I'm sorry to interrupt you, John, but I'm just going to throw no, this you in were here. Fine, dude. Um, when I first started playing with Matt, uh, not first started, but when we got back playing together, uh, he was building uh, guitar pedals, and I was playing a lot more guitar at the time, not drums. So I said. Uh, I, all right, I want a uh, big muff, an op amp big muff like Billy Corgan uses, like build it for me. And God damn it, it sounds just like the Siamese Dream freaking <laughs> nice. uh, big muff. Yeah, it's pretty just It's pretty rad. Thick, heavy, mush. Yes. yes. So, all right, just had to throw that in there. Like, No, no, you're fine. It's awesome. Happened to build another one. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, build me a triangle clone and build me the op amp uh, Big Muff because I want. You know, what I learned from that is that the op amp is really nice and quiet, kind of self-gating, and the triangle is noisy as shit. But it sounds really good. Yeah. All right. That's my uh, gear geek out um, <laughs> segment cool. of the podcast. All right. Go ahead. Um, what were we talking about? Oh, influences. influences. Nice. <laughs> Sorry, I, I went on a tangent. Uh, no, like, I don't know. Band influences versus, like, in terms of, like, like bassists I look up to, of course, Geezer Butler um, is, like, probably one of my favorite bass players of all time. Um, him and I have the same birthday, so I feel like it's kismet. <laughs> um, I even... One of the few tweets I've gotten back from a celebrity when I built that uh, that P base, I tweeted at him like, "Hey, dude, or like, hey man, I've got your your signature pickups in this. It sounds amazing." And he tweeted back to me, and I felt like I'm on top of the world right now because Geezer Butler of Black Sabbath just tweeted back at me like, yeah, "Like he knows I exist. <laughs> he knows I exist, and this is amazing." <laughs> right? Um, <laughs> uh, no, in in terms of more modern ish bass players um i love mikey shoes from uh queens of stone age yeah he's like a big influence of, of mine um queens of stone age themselves are I, I really love them and i like a lot of their stuff that's not as mainstream it's just kind of a little bit out there but i think they're some brilliant songwriters um for sure that uh, I, th- I think we did was it last podcast that we were talking about, yeah, I think it was. I think it was the last podcast that we did. We were talking about how uh, 
I, I never say his name right. Josh Home or Homie. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he, he, I've said it both ways, probably in the same conversation. So, yeah. Well, you know who I'm talking about. Um, yeah. Like he, he's really uh, experimental with the gear he uses. Like he, he, he almost only uses like very small amps and, and uses really uh, antique preamps and, and stuff to get that kind of uh, messy distortion that he uses. Um, I really dig the experimental nature of how he approaches playing guitar. Uh, I don't know. So that's that's kind of inspiring for me, uh, talking about Queens of the Stone Age. So, but in terms of like recent stuff, I I guess I've been listening to. I've been back in the eighties hardcore in the last year or so, like orchestral maneuvers in the night. Uh, of course, the Cure, um, the Cars. Yeah, like I don't know, like sweet eighties new wave post punk stuff. I've just been really absorbing a lot of. So. Joy Division, mm-hmm. you know, I kind of, uh, I kind of, uh, New Order, yeah. I kind of side with, uh, with Rob growing up. Um, there was, there was a lot of really Bon Jovi kind of, kind of pulled me in. You know, before that, it was, it was, you know, Duran Duran, stuff like that, which Duran Duran still one of my top all time bands. Um, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, then of course I was born in 75. So, uh, the eighties were my heyday. Um, so I got into, you know, then followed poison, Motley Crue, you know, all the hair metal and different stuff like that. And what I find nowadays, you know, they always talk about when you hit high school, that's when you find the music that kind of, that defines you. I tend to find that now as opposed to the hair metal, I spend way more time going back to the eighties pop, you know, your, your Duran Duran, your joy division, your, uh, Drexy's midnight riders, you know, all that, all, all the, the classics, aha, you know, and I just, I can't get enough of it. I love it. Oh, I'm the same. Like I did the hair metal thing. And then at some point I just grew out of it and looked back at all the, the new wave and the, the post or yeah, the post-punk movement. And it's like, man, how did I not notice that sooner? It was so good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I always liked it then, but you know, it was, it was that, that teenage angst where you just progressively get heavier and heavier and heavier, you know? Um, Oh yeah. You know, it was, it was like Pantera, but then at the same time, Nirvana was hitting the scene. So it was like those two poles, but Again, those oh, were Gray Southern Trend Hill was my first like heavy, heavy album. I got it for Christmas one year, and uh, <laughs> that's a pretty good I, intro. <laughs> oh yeah, I didn't realize my stereo was like cranked all the way up, and I just put it in, and that opening track just like <laughs> blew my face off. And my dad comes in the room, he's like, "What the hell is that?" I was like, uh, "You bought it for me? I don't know." <laughs> <laughs> That's what a real Texas rattlesnake sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I I, I kind of think of. Um, I never really got into the uh, like you're saying, kind of the the post punk movement. But I think that I got into the uh, the next generation of that sound, which I would define as like. Uh, oh shoot! Now I'm drawing a blank of the. Um, mezzanine is the name of of the album oh shoot like like tricky and portishead oh um okay. the trip-hop oh, yeah. stuff 
you know? Yeah. Um, I, I kind of really get into to that kind of uh, a laid back, but kind of almost jazzy, but still hard hitting kind of a sound. Man, there was like a whole movement for that. The people just don't really remember. Yeah, right. Yeah. Right. I was hopping on the crystal method and the yeah. prodigy and stuff like oh, that. Oh yeah. I dig that <laughs> stuff too, for sure. Oh, yeah. oh d- dude. <laughs> All right. Uh, the Lawrence Lawrence in the Granada, probably, probably one of my favorite shows I've ever been to was Atari Teenage Riot. Do you guys remember those guys at all? Oh, yeah. I do. Yeah, dude. I, I've heard it in like 20 out of the 25 episodes that we... <laughs> no, no, do I say... Do I talk about it that much? <laughs> all right. I not, guess I'm not that, many, not that many times. No, I, but... At least you, 10. All I'll say is that I, I am not... I am not one that dances, but I danced that night, guys. I danced. <laughs> danced a lot. I think it might have had something to do with those little squares of, of tissue paper that they gave you. Uh, My girlfriend would probably relate with this conversation more no, than me. No she, comment. she did a lot more living in the 90s than I did. <laughs> <laughs> so um, you talked like you're going to start with some live streams. Do you guys kind of have a, a timetable of when we can expect the first live stream? Uh, once we feel confident to hit start streaming, I've got all the equipment and I think everything ready to go. I just, I think our first rehearsal is going to be without Ashley, just so I can get the, cause I don't have a PA in here. Everything's sent out of, uh, uh, audio sends to personal headphone amplifier. I give anyone the mix that they want. Mm-hmm. And then I listen to the main mix to make sure there's nothing wrong that's going out. And then when the next rehearsal, she'll come out and I'll have her set up. I'll get her mix done. And once we feel confident and we're like, you know, not like nervously playing because we're like, Oh gosh, you know, we haven't rehearsed these songs. Once we're like beast moding it, we'll probably make an announcement and just kind of figure out if we should start our own, you know, channel or go off an existing one. We just kind of work out some things like that. Or, you know, we might even be able to pipe right into a Facebook stream. Uh, I know uh, mm-hmm. I, I've got all the equipment for it. It's just a matter of when, but when we do decide we'll post something about it on our Facebook page. So, you know, uh, you might start, um, like, like that first one where it's just the three of you, you know, do like, uh, get it set up and just do like 30 seconds of Facebook live, you know, just throw out teasers as you go, you know, just just to generate a little buzz and, and, uh, we'll, we'll of course share the shit out of it. Yeah. Yeah. We'll we'll blow it up as much as we possibly can. Cause, Cause we're excited to hear it. We're excited to hear it. For sure. Yeah, we're we excited to play it, man. Awesome. And when live shows get back, we're excited to play with you guys, too. Yes, that that's going to be a, a definite freaking yeah. thing that has to happen. We've got to share a stage. That just has to happen. And maybe I if you regret drinks. not coming over to Joplin. I mean, I couldn't because I was strapped to my call phone, but missing you guys playing with uh, Saving Able the other day. That was fun. Yeah. Was it, it fun? Yeah, it was fun. It was fun. It was uh, kind of a cluster. It wasn't very well organized um, <laughs> be, behind behind the, you know. You know, to be truthful, I could have asked more questions. <laughs> Live and learn. Live and but, learn. 
I, you know, I thought that would have been, you know, relative information that people would give out. But, but you know what? That was a successful gig. Like we, um, we went up and played, we were direct support for the band. We were right before, before saving Abel went up and, um, we, we got off the stage and I think we spent a good 45 minutes just, uh, signing autographs like we felt like rock stars for a little bit it was to be honest like yeah. uh, we kept asking people are, are you sure you want us yeah like are, are you looking for us are you are, like really but um you know people were really into it i think we made a lot of new fans it was it was definitely a good show that's um, good yeah yeah it was fun. that's good that you know local music you know that people will come out even earlier that i know that can be discouraging like even for a national act like coming out, like being the opening band and people not being there or enthused for the opening band. Cause they're just the local band, but that's good that this area is you know, like supported you guys like that. Yeah. Like, like we showed up probably an hour before the doors opened and there were already people waiting there. Like people want, want music. They want live music. Yeah, they're ready for good. it. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm super impressed. Like you guys, you guys are doing, what I've always thought would be the best way to go about things. Like you are hitting the ground running. Like you are going to, when you play your first show, you are already going to have your album out. You are, um, you know, going to have word out about you guys. Like people are going to be jazzed to come see the live performance. (laughs) Like uh, you have all your ducks in a row. And um, probably some of that is because the, the pandemic, um, Oh, sure. You know, probably put that in line for you guys or, or whatever. But, uh, man, you guys have attacked that in so the right way in my mind. So uh, I think I, well, I think the, a lot of us were we were talking like no offense to like the newer bands coming up, but like we've all kind of cut our teeth a little bit and we don't. And Rob talked about it earlier. We don't want to play like on a Thursday night to like five of our friends. Mm-hmm. Like. I don't know. We were just trying to get it, 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 you know, like I said, ducks in a row. So like when we do release this thing, we can like at least have a a good go at it versus. Right. You're going to hit the ground running for sure. I I think it's a good strategy. I think it's going to pay off, especially with the quality of what you guys are putting out. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're still like blown away with like how this turned out. Like going to be honest, like I have, we had no expectation. Like when we were like, Rob and I were shooting like demos back and forth. Like, I think having no expectation though, like, kind of made it become the the thing that it is. You know. Yeah. Well, I mean, that kind of that kind of frees you up. You know, you, you don't have a plan. You know, right? You you don't have lofty goals. You just start things to see where it goes, and like you said, everything's been real organic. So. You just ride the wave, and it just happens to be a really good shit. That's right. You should just put you should put a label on the on the album that says one hundred percent organic. Yeah, one hundred percent organic. USA organic, really good shit. Really good well, shit. You, yeah, you primo put the, you, shit. You put the little sticker on there that says you know that like they do the album reviews, and it'll be like off the edge podcast. Really good shit. Yeah. <laughs> You can quote us on that. Uh-huh. <laughs> we're gonna put that on. We're gonna put that on the Facebook page, man. When we drop the album, that's yeah. exactly that's awesome. going on there. We're gonna quote it. Awesome, really please shit. do. That's great. We'll get. We'll give you guys a shout out. 
I'm putting that on my job resume. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We'll be like the the last reference that you list off the edge podcast. (laughs) (laughs) So anybody that calls was like, yeah, man, he makes some really good shit. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, I tell you what, um, is there anything before we let you go? Is there anything that, that we haven't covered that you guys would like to bring up that, that people should know. Oh, poop moon. <laughs> poop moon. Poop moon. It's a Joplin legend that um, goes back years, decades. <laughs> some would say. I I know nothing about this. Oh, you you've never heard of poop moon? No. We're we're still researching this ourselves. Uh, it, no, when we were doing a, our photo shoot, there was. A random building that had graffiti on it that said "Poop Moon." So we've been building local lore okay. around, around the legend of Poop Moon. In a similar vein, um, we we're from Cherryvale, Kansas, which is you know town of what is it like twenty five hundred people, 25, something like that. Yeah. Um, well, uh, there's you know railroad tracks bisect the town. And uh, the train goes super freaking slow through the town. And, you know, people graffiti sides of trains. One time I'm walking with my brother and some, who is now, wasn't at the time, but is now my brother-in-law. Um, we're walking and, and we just see hump a chumpy. Hump a chumpy. So it's like, I don't know what a chumpy is, but God damn it, you got to hump it. You know, you know, maybe the two are connected somehow. We'll have to look into that. Yeah. Hump a chumpy on the poop moon. You know what? That's the podcast title right there. <laughs> it's got to be. Yeah, it has to be. All right. Well, you guys, you said that you um, have started your Facebook page. I'm already following it, but why don't you throw it out there for everybody? Yeah, right now we're just uh, we're just on Facebook. We'll add the other stuff later. But if you just look, uh, this, I think it's the Science of Band. Like if you do Facebook.com slash the Science of Band should take you to it. Or if you just type the Science of under pages i think it pops up there you'll see a little kind of a an, gosh what is that a helix or not a helix but a, it looks like an atom and then you'll see our name and then there's a group shot of us on the cover page but that's where most of our information is going to be put out for now and then when we get the other stuff rolling you know we'll have sublinks and stuff to that excellent excellent so may 11th the album drops the album is everything and i mean that's that true. uh like that's the title and i and i mean that like it's everything. So, um, <laughs> yeah, it'll be, it'll be on our band camp. Cause we have started a band camp. There's nothing on it yet, but it'll be there and it'll be on every, uh, major streaming platform. So awesome. Well, I encourage everyone listening to check it out. May 11th. Don't hesitate. You will. Damn it. You heard monster. We, we, you know, they played it for you on this podcast. You know what you're getting into. It's freaking awesome. So, uh, check it out, man. Support these guys. So, um, I want to thank each and every one of you for taking the time out of your busy schedules to uh, get with us this evening. Um, I've thoroughly enjoyed our conversation. I truly hope that, um, you know, everything keeps going well for you guys. Uh, I I wish the best for you and I cannot wait to play with you. Yes. Yeah. We're excited. We're looking forward to the music coming back too. That's going to be exciting for everyone. Absolutely. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. I wish you the best. And uh, to everyone listening, 
please subscribe. Please check out the science of, and we'll see you next time on off the edge podcast. <laughs>